Hey, what up, Libertarians? This is my talk from the Scottish Libertarian Party Conference that was held last weekend, and it's a little bonus episode. You can, if you prefer, and I suggest you do, watch the video of this on YouTube. I would add that you can't hear the audience through my mic. So if it sounds like I'm the only one laughing at my own jokes, honestly, honestly, it's not true. Hi everyone, I'm Anthony. Some of you know me from the Scottish Liberty Podcast, which I do the TAM. Some of you know me from the pub. The last time I gave a talk at a libertarian conference, it was at Abe's Students for Liberty. What's, what's it called? Scottish Libertarian Students. I gave a talk called Talk Like an Economist, which was critically acclaimed and is enduringly popular on YouTube. <laughs> However, I add, I did have long hair back then, so I'm hoping that the Samson effect will not be an effect and I lose my powers for this talk. Um, the topic of today's Discussion. It's not really a discussion, it's, it's me talking at you guys. The topic of this uh, captive audience that will be delivered is uh, how to change someone's mind. I hasten to add subtitle, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, to the extent I think that I follow the advice that I give in this talk, I think I have relatively more su success than when I neglect to practice what I preach, so I hope you'll enjoy it. Well, there's an old joke which says, uh, how, how do you change someone's mind? Well, check that they have one first. So, <laughs> a certain amount of triage needs to be done, particularly on the internet, which is to discover if people are actually curious and open to your position, and if they're con confrontational. Uh, well, you can try and be a little bit more polite than they are, and see if it helps, and if not, well, maybe try and find some more fertile soil. Um, but you should be aware of the fact that people... Well, I should probably say a little bit about why I'm talking about this. Obviously, as libertarians, we are in the minority. But we've got great arguments and we've got lots of evidence for the efficaciousness of our economic positions. Uh, certainly, the foreign policy that's been pursued uh, has not uh, been shown to work. There's um, increasing hunger for a more libertarian foreign policy. Um, it used to be considered to be a left-wing position to be against the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, now all over the political spectrum. Um, also, on civil liberties, yes, um, we're just losing the battle by attrition. No one's turning up to the fight to defend our civil liberties. So. Given that our positions, we're quite assured that our positions are strong, uh, we've got good foundation and reason and evidence, uh, we should be able to sell the message better than we have so far. So that's why I'm making it up. So, people's mind, the, so the mind's like a river running down the side of the hill. It likes the way that it's used to going. People like to think the way that they're used to thinking. And in order to change the course of a river, you can't just like 
down the river up, you know, you, you need, to, you, you need that, that river needs to go down the new way several times. It's important that we are presenting our ideas and that people hear them three or four times so that it's not so weird for them. Oh, well, yeah, no, I can see how that starts to make sense. So, um, people are more likely, on this point, right, people are more likely to want to take on new information and learn something new then meet with direct resistance. So, um, you know, it's think of the river again, you want to stem it, you want to stem the flow in a new direction. Um, to push against the river is uh, not usually effective. And so, if we really want to get into conversations with people that are productive, for our own mental health, apart from the um, case of uh, winning over hearts and minds. You want to set up a dynamic that's a kind of mutual learning experience. It sounds so cheesy, and it kind of is when you say it that way. Um, but you, um, being, some people, there's a small percentage of people who like a really oppositional approach, and if you just tell them they're wrong, yeah, um, if, if you have success with that more aggressive approach, I'm not telling you what, not to use that. But I think for the majority of people, you want to set up a conversation where they're interested in what you have to say. Now, how you do that, in my experience, is not jumping in straight to contradicting what other people say when they speak to you. If you at least take the position of being generally curious, if you've heard it all before, you can at least smile and be genial like you've not heard their arguments before. That is, if you want to be effective, give them the respect of listening to what they have to say. Um, try and be patient even if you've heard their arguments before. Everyone's a unique individual who deserves the basic dignity of being heard and um, uh, given their due. You know, they might, you might have heard their positions before, but your positions might be quite neat, uh, new to them. And most people, like it or not, this is what we're dealing with, need to feel safe enough to feel challenged. Uh, if they feel like you don't respect them, or if you're looking down on them, or you attack their character, they're likely to just disagree with you for the sake of disagreeing with you. And if we're honest hand on our heart, we're probably not much different ourselves. We don't like to take on new information. So, um, I don't want to labour the point. So, ne ne next you need a few con communication skills. Easy to stay, difficult to master, but people like the formula, so I just put out a three-step process. Okay, so as I said, the first step is just resist the urge to completely destroy someone's view with your superior knowledge, reason and evidence up front. You will get your turn, I assure you. The best thing to do to start off with is simply ask someone how they reached their conclusion. In non-oppositional language you can say, um, how did you come to that position? Or you can say, where did you get your information? Or you can say, based on what evidence do you believe that? And you ask with a sense of curiosity to give them the opportunity to tell you why they believe what they believe. Why is that useful? Because you might be making one argument against their position, thinking they hold that position for reason A, when actually they hold that position for reason B, and you're not even you're not even speaking their language. You're using the wrong argument to try and convince them. First, you ought to know why they believe what they believe. Okay. So the second communication skill, which I've found extraordinarily effective, is to listen to what the other person has to say and try and paraphrase it back to them 
and one sentence or two sentences. The less words, the better. So you say, right, so if I get you right, you think that this because that. Here's the simple formula. If I get you right, you think, so am I to understand that your position is X because Y? And either they'll go, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they'll go, well, not quite, and they'll correct you. Now, if you do, you, if you have the patience to listen to them while they correct you, they will feel understood by you, and they'll become more open to hearing what you have to say. I've tested this several times. As I said, I don't always do it. I'm not below, not above losing my temper, particularly in a Facebook flame war. But, uh, but you know, uh, we've all been there before. I'm just saying, when I take my own advice, I find people a lot more open to have something to say. So, once they've explained what they, why they believe what they believe, and you've demonstrated your understanding of their position to their satisfaction, they feel like they've got you. You will see people drop, they become receptive, their body language change, they nod, or they just stop talking and looking at you expectantly. And now it's time for you to contribute to the discussion. Definitely my favourite part. <laughs> so, um, now here's the trick. So you want to take the position as often as possible as adding information to what they already know. You see the difference? Rather than just saying this is wrong, you add what you know to what they've stated. Because as I said, people are much more open to taking on new information and learning than they are to doing a quick about turn. It does happen, but just not as often as we'd like it to. And it would be lovely if we were all paragons reason. But, you know, we are biological beings. We're complex creatures. So, um, you could say something like, actually, I read a study about that that says something else. Or, it's funny you say that because that's a, this, this subject was very interesting to me. And I've been, I've been researching it for a long time and I've found the best mood. Present what you know. Uh, as it so happens, I take a different view. I've learned that this, you know, I see it differently. I see it differently. Uh, never, uh, not to go into the realms of radical subjectivism, you can hold your position that your position is true, but that is still how you see it. Now, this approach is effective when it's practiced because it's non-oppositional. So if your debating partner continues in a disagreement, another uh, hot tactic is, um, yeah, this is, quite, this is quite good if you get engaged in a debate, and you're, you're speaking well to each other, you're listening well, but you're not coming to a consensus. What you can say is, um, how can we determine what position is true? Or what would have to be true for you to change your opinion? You know, you can actually say, like, well, how would we find out which one of us is right? And then you can have a conversation with that first, because once someone's pinned down to what they believe is, um, they've now vocalised what would be necessary in order for them to change their opinion. You can speak to that, and they might be quite remiss to, if you then satisfy those conditions, go, oh, well, you know, I still believe the same thing. But you know what? Remember, people can't unhear something. So if you build a good relationship with someone and you provide them with good information, the penny might not drop that first time, but maybe they talk to another couple of libertarians who say other things. They can't unhear what they've heard, and maybe over time their position will migrate closer to ours. We certainly hope so. So, 
I make no claims through originality in this talk. Most of what I said isn't that new. Like over 2,000 years ago, Aristotle identified the fact that logic wasn't the only important point of an argument if you wanted to change someone's mind. He also stressed the importance of what he called pathos, which is a strong emotional appeal. Now, take that as you want, you know. I think that, uh, I like to argue the humanitarian face of libertarianism. I like to talk about how um, libertarianism would help the disadvantaged. That's one emotional appeal. Tam likes the principled argument. She likes, no, you don't aggress against people, you don't take your stuff, their stuff, you've not got the, the right to commit fraud. That's a strong emotional appeal. You judge your audience and make an emotional appeal. And then ethos, which is having credibility of character, and that's most of all what my talk has been about. To show yourself to be a knowledgeable and reliable source of information, and try and be fairly agreeable, uh, even when you disagree. Um, people will sadly not just judge what you have to say, whether the logic is correct, whether you're right or wrong, but one way or another they're going to be more influenced by you if they like you and they think you're credible. And I would just add, uh, as a final point, unless a dispute is over a fundamental difference in values uh, that, that you can't overlook, the quality of your relationships with the people around you is usually more important than being right. So once feelings are on the line, uh, things have got out of hand and the debate should often come to an end. If you're going to damage your relations with your nearest and dearest about it. So I suggest that you pick it up once you each had time to digest what the other person has said. And then, again, you know, there's no need for you to expose yourself to emotionally hurt hurtful arguments or abuse from other people who make characters slurs and sarcasm, passive aggression. It catty remarks. You know, if you make a habit of exiting conversations on Facebook as someone makes a call someone out on making a character remark. If they withdraw and apologize, continue. If they refuse to withdraw, you say, I don't entertain debates that end with the ad hominem, sorry. After a while, they get the message on how to debate with you and how, you're, how much you're willing to tolerate being treated. So at the end of the day, as much as we'd love to think that we can go out and proselytize everyone, some people's minds aren't open to be changed, at least yet. And you have to remember that. There's triage, you know. Look for the, where the ground's fertile. Look for people who are curious. And um, that said, when you do enter a debate, you can do your best to debate with dignity and remain respectful, uh, even when there's a difference of opinion. And if you don't win the dispute, you'll at least win you know, respect from the people who observe, particularly online. So he always, he always carries himself respectably. He's doesn't slander his opponents and he always, you know, he's, the people watching will be more respectful of you and they will respect your ethos, your, your credibility. So, um, and you maybe win your own self-respect into the bargain. So thank you very much and that's my talk on how to change.